Welcome to a special edition of Below the Fold, which we like to call Conscious Uncoupling. Or is it Unconscious Coupling? Either way, <laughs> take two. Listeners loyal to the program may remember that um, we broke a story about Stone and Wood selling. It was in all the papers. You must have read about it. <laughs> and it's fair to say that um, the quantity of feedback that we received and correspondence was bigger than the biggest thing you can think of. And so we recorded a bit of, um, I guess, our musings, our thoughts, our feelings in the roar of the moment, so to speak, um, which it was then decided we might just shelve. Well, welcome back to the shelf. <laughs> we heard you and we're listening and we're going to uh, respond, I guess. Matt, originally, yeah, we were going to, I guess, delve into the feelings and the uh, the fallout, but decided that uh, we'd wait until the, the steam had come off it a little yeah. bit. <laughs> the uh, dust had settled. Because anyone that heard us on the morning, um, you know... When we were, like, on... We, we were recording the podcast yeah. as the reveal was happening you know we'd um, had a heads up but 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 our reactions were 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 real and live real and live and but you know, there's still that sense of disbelief because we get a lot of rumors and you know that you know, dare I say time. we get a lot of furfies um <laughs> that uh you know don't go anywhere and so until you get confirmation you know um and so people heard us floundering um you know as, as for, for, for our thoughts and feelings until it was confirmed and then it was confirmed. But then, you know, I think very soon afterwards we recorded, you know, I think even on that day we recorded a, a below the fold to discuss it um, once it was confirmed. And, you know, as that day played out, it was really interesting to see the online reaction that I think was much more powerful than any of the other sales that I can think since the very early day, days of sales. Um you know, clearly Stonewood is a much bigger brand than any of the other sales in terms of volume, which also means the number of people that have been touched by the brand. But then also, you know, and something we'll probably talk about here is the, the you know, the, the importance of independence or otherwise to the brand. Um, and when you saw, particularly on the social media accounts for Stone and Wood, some of the responses, and I think people forget when they're posting on an account owned by a business, that it's not an impersonal business that's reading those. It is actually the people behind that business. And there was a lot of anger and a lot of heat targeted that was being felt by people that we know um, personally. And it just, yeah. Um, because There's a lot feelings. of venting. There was a lot of venting and... A yeah. lot of emotional venting. Uh, and and when, when people click on a post and to write a comment and the picture is of... A brewery, you know, the, the front of the brewery, and yep. we, you know, we look forward to welcoming our guests back, blah, 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 when restrictions are eased. People don't look at that as a bunch of people sitting at desks or out on the road or, um, you know, doing tastings or, or dropping pe off people who or, themselves had only just people. found out about mm -hmm. the sale and were processing and may or may not have been processing. I've heard that there were some people who were, you know, processing it, were upset, and, you know, um, independence was important to them and they were processing it as well so yeah just just sort of seeing that i sort of thought well it's probably best that we don't you know there was nothing that we were going to add in a positive yeah. way to mm. the, the it might have just added fuel to the fire and we wanted to talk about it in a 
reasonable way in a talking about the strategy and why they did it and what it means for the industry and that's not a reflection on Stonewood staff I think I think that's very much a oh. higher level type thing mm. everybody I've ever met at Stonewood has been not only professional as hell but a delightful human being and I think that they bought into what Sto- and I haven't spoken to anyone about this but they bought into Stone and Wood as much as customers have and how Stone and Wood want it to be and that's the kind of business that they want it to be part of and that they could attract these kind of really experienced, skilled people because of some of the values that they had. Um, had uh, look, by, way emphasis. Of, by way of setting it up, Claire, I'd, I'd love to throw to you because mm-hmm. Matt touched on you know other sales and, and, and others weren't as perhaps received in the same way mm-hmm. i'll go back to the, the in my first memory um little creatures mm-hmm. now if you're embedded in the industry as we are you can name a thousand uh people <laughs> I, who have, i was have thinking of some examples from. yeah yeah already yeah go on but, but there was never <laughs> but, but little creatures was a large brewery mm-hmm. and, a, and, a, and, a, and a hospitality venue and all that sort of stuff but it was never about people i think then uh, if you look at four years later at uh, Mountain Goat, mm-hmm. Mountain Goat was very much about Cam and Dave. Cam and Dave, two mates, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the uh, postcards from the States and that sort of thing. And yep. we've got, you know, I get what, what you want to do now, Dave. When I get back, let's start a brewery. It was it was about them. Um, Holgate hasn't sold. Just mm-hmm. don't, don't you know, not bump <laughs> that in. But the Holgate family, it's named after them. There's, yep. it, it's easier to, I guess, put a face to, to the brewery. Stone and Wood was probably the first brewery that was, it was three mates who came from the the, mm-hmm. the corporate brewery, three mates, three families, three mates, three mates. And it was always about, you know, and, and Ross is the sales guru and uh, Jamie's the marketing genius and Brad's the the, the brewer. Mm-hmm. And, and it was all about them. And from then on, it was all about, it was more about the people than it was about the branding or the logo or... Mm-hmm. The vibe well, of the thing. And that's one of the things that I, I think we can't not talk about. And look, but before we go any further, this is us doing what we do, sort of talking about it, sort of analysing it and, you know, giving our, you know, dare I say, unfiltered thoughts about a, a, a topic. And the, the only reason, you know, the, the thing that has come out over and over again since the sale was, you know, our listeners asking us um, what we thought about it. You know, they're, they're, they're keen to hear our thoughts. Us. What are you going to talk about? And, <laughs> yeah, and look, so, you know, it, 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 do I say it's part of our, you know, conscious approach is that, you know, <laughs> like being, being well, honest. It's, it's news. It's news and we're it, a news outlet. It's news and yeah. we're a news outlet and people listen to us because they are interested in our take on things and it's not designed to be a hot take or anything like that. But... Stone and Wood is an incredible business. It has been built by three incredibly talented people, you know, driven initially by three incredibly talented people and a whole lot of people behind them. It's a um, business that has had a profound impact on the Australian beer business in so many ways. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think we just need to set that out to begin with because, you know, in... in Focusing in on some various elements of this story or this um, sale isn't to um, ignore those things. And I, you know, look, I'll, I'll say that because I, I was quoted in the ABC, um, you know, uh, and I, I had some fairly, uh, you know, 
frank views uh, about the sale and then there was an article that was written you know basically sort of saying oh to say that you basically have to ignore this this not at all um, in fact, the, the very first thing you know, I said was that Stone and Wood has had an, in, an incredible impact on, on the industry, but that can be true, and then also you can make observations that maybe aren't you know, in keeping with some of the amazing things that they've done. So yeah, I just, want, I just want to put that out there so we don't get emails, we don't get, but you forgot about this. There's a whole oh, yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Th- th- this could go for weeks, and it's not about people, it's not about, but there are some things. And, and, let's, and let's leap off a platform of, the, I know I speak for the, for, for you too, when I say that the three of us and the, you know, the Bruce News as an organisation, us salute, God bless, wish you well, um, couldn't be happier for the, for the guys in terms of uh, what they've built, what they achieved in building that, the people that they surrounded themselves with in order to get to that um, and to create a, a brand that was you know, just so loved and respected. Um, and, and we wish them all the best in, um, you know, now that they've, uh, I guess, you know, realised the value of that. Exactly. And the other thing is absolutely no begrudging of the sale. You know, absolutely nothing that we say means that they shouldn't have sold, that they weren't entitled to sell, that they're not entitled to absolutely... Uh, anyway, I, I, I think we've said no. that um, yep. Yep. story. But Pete, the, one of the things that I just... Um, wanted to, to go to was the storytelling you know that um that was integral to the brand because as, as you said at the beginning you had brad rogers who was an incredible brewer um you know again one of the country's best um brewers craft brewers whatever you want to say ross jurisic who is just a master of selling beer and building relationships and you know strategies and all of those sorts of things and you know having sat and watched ross in bars and listening to his thought process he's just next level and then you've also got jamie cook who is a marketer par excellence uh, beyond everything anything else and you know an incredible narrative storyteller at a time when storytelling is so important to brands and funnily enough that's the bit that probably want to weigh in on because post sale it's been very interesting to go back and reflect on the evolution of the brand um, and 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 the storytelling that's gone with it because Pete you know you, you remember when Draftale was first released and you know I remember the call that I got from uh, Brad Rogers I remember it specifically I was walking uh, up to pick the kids up from school having a chat on the phone he told me about the brewery that they were going to launch and you know they both they'd all sort of left the the, the business and he said, oh, it, it, it's called Draftale. And my first question was, why are you calling it Draftale? Aren't you going to put it in bottles? Oh, no, no, we're not going to put them in bottles. This is going to be something that's, you know, it's going to be on draft. Um, and, you know, then fast forward a couple of years and suddenly it's in bottles. Cognitive dissonance between having Draftale in bottles and, oh, no, no, we, we never said it was only ever going to be in uh, draft. And I, I don't know if you've got a similar memory, Pete. Uh, well, I remember drinking it with Brad um, very some very very early uh, iterations of the original what what we now know is the original Pacific Ale at uh, at the local tap house and and yeah we also said draft day what's are you only going to have it in kegs well yeah that's the, it's the and and the thing that stick, sticks with me is it's uh, it's it's not a drink it's a it's a um, it's a beer that is about a time and a place and a feeling and a, and a lifestyle. So it's it's the whole idea of uh, jumping off the board, uh, walking up the, the sand, um, walking up to the bar, 
and this beer is just like it's it's just it's the Pacific Ocean. It's just it's um it's, exactly you, know, it's, you can almost taste yeah. the salt in it. Um, yeah, before yeah. Go, Goza was a thing. That's right, but, but it was it was clean, it was dry. Um, it everyone's going wow, what's that aroma? And shout out to Big Kelv because he still to this day does not like Galaxy, so didn't <laughs> didn't did not rate. And he was standing next to me with with Brad. We're drinking this, and um, and he's an honest man. So he just said, "No, I don't like it." <laughs> <laughs> but and, and, and for everyone fun. else, it was the, it was really it was the first uh, commercial use. Um, remembering that uh, Cascade First Harvest had the opportunity and could have could have created the original. Pacific Ale, or, or you know, the Galaxy Ale. But, it had been but this used. Was the one, this was the one that nailed it. it. It was the fish that John West rejected by the, yeah. the big brewers because it was it wasn't neutral enough in in its flavour. It was too powerful, and Brad saw the potential. And you know, so so yeah. Look, I mean, I hadn't even mm. talked about the beer. I was just looking at the story. Yeah, that was that was my, my memory was was very similar in that there was a story. I didn't read it as a, hear it as a, as a story then. I know now that it was obviously part of the here's our here's our branding. Here's our you know like our um our origin story when people ask this is this is the elevator pitch this yep. is this is the, if you've got 10 seconds to explain this beer this is how you do it now and funnily, this is particularly why it's called draft ale not bottled ale I, and i've jumped in the wayback machine um to uh we're the internet wayback machine um to look at you know the 2008 website or the 2009 website Draft Ale, we were inspired to brew this style of beer by the European village breweries whose ales were brewed and delivered fresh to be enjoyed in the pubs of the surrounding local area. Draft Ale is brewed to be served fresh in many of the great watering holes just down the road. Therefore, we don't need to filter or pasteurise it. We want it to be served over the bar and just like it is in the storage beer of our tank. Um, and again, like that basically yeah. captures it. Now, it doesn't yeah. say there, no, we're not going to bottle we it. We will never ever bottle it, yeah. But when asked the question, and it has... has been a recurring theme um you know you when you ask questions you're answered but then when you go back to refer to what was said publicly not always concrete but you know that's recollections may differ yeah um but to to me that summarizes a lot about what we've seen so initially it was a draft ale it was to be served locally in kegs and things like that for whatever reason um the well it was important too that the the beer was handed over to you you didn't go and uh, pardon the pun, but it, like buy it cold. You didn't just yep. go and pull it out of a fridge and then go home and, and, and ask the beer to speak to you. It was handed to you. There was a personal connection. Yep. And but uh, like an important part of the Stone and Wood story, or not storytelling, but the, the, the thing that I've observed about Stone and Wood is, you know, all businesses iterate, all businesses change. You know, you, you, you try things, you gradually modify it and things like that. But Stone and Wood has been a business that, even when they change, it's never been, oh, well, we've changed. There's been a narrative built around that change, which yeah. is quite important when it comes to the, um, the, the sale and the independence. In, in so, you know, you've got the draft ale. When asked early on, no, no, we're not going to um, uh, bottle it. You know, it's, and as you can see in, in that initial writing, um, we want it to be served fresh in the many great watering holes just down the road. They brought out the Green Coast Lager in bottles. At some stage, for whatever reason that I don't know, draft hour came in bottles, they changed the thing. But even when the storytelling came out that they changed the name to Pacific Ale, there was this, you know, not referencing back to the original plan. Um, it was, oh, well, you know, we were always going to sort of put it in bottles and, you know, it just makes more sense to do this. Funnily enough, it also talks about pasteurising. Pasteurising beer usually involves a heating process, which uh, gives it some stability for shipping long distances or storing for a long time. Unfortunately, this process can also knock some of the crisp freshness out of the beer. 
and they had on the label unpasteurized, you know, no preservatives, unpasteurized for a long time until suddenly they didn't. And even when they, I talked about this uh, on the podcast recently, they really were reluctant to talk about the pasteurizing process for some time until suddenly it became about, well, we're pasteurizing it, not because we'd had a couple of fermentation issues in the brewery or anything like that. It's because, you know, we're so crafty. The way that we use our hops, hop creep, you know, hop creep, hop creep, hop creep. And the narrative, you know, suddenly they're giving papers and, you know, who knows what the true story is again. No one will ever know. But having asked a number of times before those papers were delivered, there wasn't a ownership of, look, we've changed, we've resolved from that, we're doing something different. It was, you know, this was being forced upon us or we're doing this because we're so crafty. Um and, you know, look, it, it, it became quite clear, you know, even when um, the green bottle lager was revealed, you know, oh, we never said we were craft beer. We were always... The clear, clear bottle lager. The, the clear bottle lager, sorry, the, yes, yeah, or the... Um, green you know, coast green in a clear coast bottle. Green coast in, in a clear bottle. The narrative that had started coming out, you know, a week or two before, you know, when they're sort of getting it ready, getting the market ready, we never said we were a craft brewery. And I'm going, oh... Mm. Yeah. You, you kind of did. It yeah. was heavily implied if it you never heavily, said it yeah, outright. Your storytelling at the start, you know, was un- unpasteurised, you know, no, no preservatives. Um, malt, water, hops and yeast was the T-shirt that you could get back in those days. You know, as, and as the brand grew, other things came to be important to the brand as they moved out, as craft beer moved on and they grew and they started bottling their draft ale and these sorts of things. The story changed, but there was never, you know, there was never any acknowledgement that the story had changed, which was a, an important part of the story. Mm-hmm. Do, do you get the feeling that whatever happened was always going to be woven into oh, oh, yeah. the story? Because they must have, like, they're, they're smart enough to anticipate. People are going to say, it's called draft ale, but what, what style is it? Because I, I like lager or I, I like this yep. or I like, you know, and that, well, it doesn't have a style. It's, it's, it's a style all the time. Well, but then, well, why, but then when Pacific Ale came along, in terms of the name replacing draft ale, it became part of that story. But that's the genius of the storytelling. Um, yeah, and and, and yeah. they got away with it for so long. And and look again, you know, I can point to a whole lot of things, and some of the the, the big ones that when you look in retrospect, speaking, every year at Christmas they ran out of beer, you know, but we're not gonna we're not gonna um, uh, outsource outsource because it's important. And you know, there's a whole podcast where it's a significant exchange um, where we talk to Jamie about it, and they give the reasons for. And the thing for me is that the way they did their storytelling was to hold themselves up as being a thing, you know, which is what storytelling does. Um, but, in, in, you know, when, yeah, when they why, said... Why am I different? Here's well, why I'm different. Look, we would rather not make enough beer and be, you know... Disappoint people. <laughs> what and a disappoint humble brag. People <laughs> than, yeah. and, and that no, was then, then to compromise the principles. Then, then or, to or compromise the, the principles or the beers or anything like that. And immediately, you know, like I'm thinking of one of those memes where suddenly you're looking side-eyed at the people that are contract brewing as if they're somehow lesser. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, um, mm. which incidentally is the same way that Stone and Wood um, held its narrative whenever anyone else sold. You know, um, spoke about our commitment to independence, you know, all of these, you know, whenever there's, there's there was a sale... There was always a way. And, you know, look, um, Jamie was head of the IBA when Bolter, which was the biggest mm-hmm. proceeding, you know, mm. it was unsigned, but the language seemed yeah. to be, you know, seemed to come from um, the, the chair of the IBA and yeah. you know, our commitment to independence won't we'll falter. falter. Yep. Shared, um, you know, the fact that the disputed fact that 
Bolter had stopped paying their dues um, and so were unfinancial members, you know, in, in, which was a really nasty little detail that didn't need to be shared. No. No similar, you know, aspersions were cast on any other sale. There was just a generic, we wish them well, but, you know, we will continue our met. There was something very pointed. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there was, you know, declarations of independence, the importance of independence. Um, and then it, it, un, until suddenly when they sell, you know, having had a crack at people talking about partnerships, you know, we, we've partnered with <laughs> things like that, you know, all of the language that had been, you know, they'd gotten a little bump, they'd gotten a little nudge um, through their storytelling, through other sales, through all of these things. And then suddenly you see this recurring pattern of when the story changes, there's no ownership of that. There's no, um, oh, look, you know, we were m- just made an offer that was too good to refuse. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, we found this custodian because we were never about... Just as we were never about draft only beer, just as we were never about craft. We never said just that. Just about you we said were never that. about yeah, Byron yeah. Bay, you know. Just never as we about were, contract brewing. Never about yeah, contract yeah. brewing. Never about we were never about independence. We were, you know, we were always a conscious business. And you, you, you know, wow. what in two or three years, because, you know, um, potentially, you know, in two or three years, they, they, they have been moving their narrative towards being something bigger than... Because, let's face it, a small percentage of the market cared about independence. And Stone and Wood was a business that was growing. And if they were to go to, to go to that next level, they had to be seen as something other than just an independent brewery. And in two or three yeah, years' yeah, time, yeah, yeah. maybe they could have done that story. But the way... and when we were recording the podcast live and I, I, when I listened back to it, I heard myself say, look, all I know is, I don't, I don't know how I feel about it, but all I know is in, in a half an hour or an hour, I'm going to get a media release and I'm going to have to swallow a big, you know, <laughs> the, the big lie or whatever yeah. it is. And we did. And, and we all had to sit here and listen to them say, we were always a conscious business. We were never about independence. We're always um, about sustainability and looking after our staff and our shareholders. Yeah, that were a bit part of it. Maybe that was the next stage of their growth, but it was an and and which, funnily enough, comes back to you know when you look at the the dog pile on the social media, mm-hmm. a lot of their best customers. You know, when you look at the the Stonewood Beer Club, that was pretty much only populated by people who were in their beer club who were their best yeah. customers, who yeah. were just so there were people sort of saying, "Good on you, well done," but then there was a lot of anger because people felt betrayed, um, and you know. People like us yep. felt, you know, slightly betrayed. And the number of calls I've had from people in the industry who, on one hand, wants to say, you know, I, I do not begrudge these guys anything. Mm-hmm. But the term that, you know, it, it, it has come to represent it is people felt a little bit gaslit because on one hand, you know, they wish them well, but then they're also he- having to swallow that th- there's a dissonance in, in their feelings because they want to wish them well, but at the same time they have to swallow this, well, we were never about independent story it was just another bit of storytelling that uh, look, just wasn't true. You know, Stone and Wood yeah. built its brand yeah. over the last couple of years on being the and, – and they, they built their brand on independence. And to say anything else is actually to gaslight, you know. Um, and and it, again, it's actually the antithesis of – and I mean, gaslight's – it's actually got a connotation that I don't want to diminish – some of the social, you know, yeah, the social issues, the, the, the around social issues yeah. around that. But it's a term to describe being told something when you when your truth yeah. is something that's different, and that's and that's what they've been doing. And to me, that is actually the opposite of what a conscious business is. 
and there are a couple of other things we can probably mm-hmm. talk to about that. Just before we move on there, Matt, with, with all you've said, now listeners are listening there and I, I'm guessing maybe maybe more than 50% of them are you know, invested in the industry or they're, or they're within the industry, certainly. Mm. So they probably uh, share a lot of those, those feelings. But for the average Stone and Wood fan, they, they didn't you know, read all those things or hear all those things or know all those things. So why did this mean so much? So I have a bunch of friends who aren't in the industry who don't know anything necessarily about beer. Uh, we were talking about it. They heard about it. They, it made the mainstream news. It was there. We were talking about it and I said, well, do you guys care? And they were like, well, interestingly, like they, one in particular wasn't a beer drinker. One of them said, oh, no, that's not going to be good for their drinkers and I said oh why do you think that she's like well they're seen as like the hipster brand like the cool indie hipster brand they're the one you go to that if you don't want to drink what your dad drank that's the one you would go to and that was their outside perception interestingly enough people do care and I think we're in a world where people do care well, about these they, things they, they care to a point yeah. and, and, and that's and that's where I sort of say the storytelling arc you know in two or three years maybe they would have you know as their storytelling grew and you know and, and if mm-hmm. the Green Coast um, Flint bottle had taken off and they'd sort of moved to that next thing then it would have been a foundation story but mm-hmm. It was a brand that could potentially have transcended that yes. independence. But to say that they'd reached this point now at the sale and independence wasn't important to the story, the reaction on Facebook, the reaction on the beer club, um, you know, the reaction in the, in, in the industry just puts lie to that mm-hmm. point. And the, and the conversations I've seen, you know, people want to sort of love it, but the thing that is sticking in their craw is this storytelling that we were never about independence because you, you told us you told us you wanted us to love the fact that you were independent yeah but then as soon as you sold you said no no we didn't so we didn't mean that or yeah. if you took it that way that's not it which on us which incidentally said again which is why I went into that sort of long homily about the um the, the storytelling narrative because the draft ale mattered you know because initially the, the brewery was so small and you know it started so slowly they, they they struggled to sell i think the plan was just to hopefully create a nice little you know business in that part of the world um that you know send beer a couple of hours north and a couple of hours south which incidentally is still their narrative and i would love to see <laughs> the sale figures to see whether 60 percent of the beer is still sent, sold within four hours north of you know what by um fighter jet um <laughs> You know, because yeah, I just when when the amount of beer that's going down in Melbourne, um, yep. I've, yeah, and you know, well, anyway. how, how far north? How far north of the Tweed River is London? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but that's you know, yeah, no, but that's built brewed. I know um, that was so, so that's different. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so 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 that's different. But you know, like you know, when you look at how you know Harvey Bay and you know they, they are the tap that's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be very surprised if it was still the percentages that they were talking about. You know, this nice little four hours north. Mm-hmm. You know. Every, you know, once they grew out of their local region and the, the business had grown, you know, calling it draft ale, and particularly when you've got customers, you know, in Sydney, Melbourne that want in bottles or whatever, you you do change your business. You, you mm-hmm. like it's inevitable it's when you inevit- get to that size. You can't be this cute local. Oh, we're best buddies. No, you you have to move on from that as a business, but, and your narrative and everything about you has to move. But on. there's something disingenuous about not mm-hmm. admitting that. Well, you know, that's actually, the way you were. Yeah, isn't it? Which incidentally, you know, we, we, we used to criticise the big brewers for once they'd outgrown the, the local market where it wasn't 
sustainable to just have keg beer. That's an awesome part of the narrative. Not so saying it's a great problem to have. Yeah, but yeah. Not, not not saying plenty, we never plenty did. of little breweries would love to have uh, the problems that Stone and Wood had early on with with being unable to yeah. fulfill supply. Mm, and then also, you know, demand that they they had well and truly outgrown any ideas of this craft. You know, so the malt wort hops and yeast, you know, had gone by the wayside even before the post craft world thing you know they'd they'd moved away from that it's now available at brewersnews.com.au but the last three or four years they have been the poster child for independence and instantly it suited them because as they you know were the one um you know they occupy the place that coopers used to be um that if there was one tap that wasn't a big brewery it was a stone and wood tap and how do you make that tap stand out on a bar you know, how do you stand, make your beer stand out in nationally ranged bottle shop? You're the one that's independent. And for them to say that there wasn't a huge, for, for, for the business to say that there wasn't a huge benefit to them and they didn't trade on their independence for the last couple of years is just disingenuous. It's just yeah. not the case. And yeah. it's just trying to not back down and, you know, have to have, have to swallow the sandwich that they want us to, um, I won't say because kids may be listening, um, <laughs> the, the, what, what's on that sandwich. He means sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> so rather than swallow it themselves, which incidentally they've been paid to swallow that sandwich, that they've made a lot of money and deserve it. But, part, you know, the, I, I talked on the other podcast today about the opportunity cost. The opportunity cost of selling for the money that they got from um, Line was – you have to mm-hmm. swallow that sandwich. Yeah. Don't try and make us. Because, again, coming back to that um, uh, conscious business uh, thing that they want to say, and maybe they would have grown as they grew out of the independence thing to a market that doesn't, isn't as invested in um, independence. And Nick Boots talked about that, you know, with the Green Coast Lager yeah. when I spoke to him. Yeah, he said, look, it's for people that aren't as invested in independence. And I think, you know, that was their next strategy um, if they hadn't have sold. Mm-hmm. Incidentally, the independence logo for for a beer that wasn't targeted at people who value independence, the independence logo was pretty prominently uh, placed on that carton of Green Coast Lager that came out of a non-independent brewery. But that's um, I, I won't and go the logos just yet. weren't, as far as I know, didn't come from Relling's label stickers and packaging. <laughs> no. Devastating. Um, but but you yeah. can contact them for all your need. But that's business in a, in a capitalist free market society. Every business is for sale, and no mm. one begrudges. Again, no one begrudges them that. And I look, I, I think Lion was the best. If you're looking at it for beer and the business, Lion was absolutely the best purchaser, um, you know, the, the, the best business to buy it because custodian, you look at what they've done. That, custodian, sorry. Mm. Um, the best mm. owner because look at what they've done with Little Creatures. You know, it, it was genius. Let them, let them do their thing. Yep. Yeah. Um, they've and, and they committed we'll, to a whole lot of things. Yep, they built them another need, big brew. If you need stuff. Yep. yep. But the, yeah, well, and again, coming back to the conscious business thing, you know, we've done podcasts with Jamie over the last couple of months. There's been a lot of stories about you know potential IPO. We can bank finance it. You're talking about a business that was had a, I think, a profit of seven million dollars a year. A fifty, sixty yeah, million dollar yeah. brewery could have been paid off very, very quickly. And they had options. They had options. Now they were never going to get as much or as much flexibility or as much traction with anyone other than um, and this, this the is than Lion because sale. Lion had yep. a well they they could have IPO'd it and st- all still made out like bandits they could have mm-hmm. sold it to mm-hmm. private equity which I think would have killed the business. It um, wouldn't have been great that private yeah. equity aren't known to n- nurture or be necessarily good custodians. Not to not a good custodians. What, if, what, if, what, if, what if it were hypothetically? What if it were someone like Mighty Craft? 
would that have made I mean, I don't know that they've got the funds, but had they <laughs> no, no, the funds? Yeah, yeah. Had they the funds? Would people have said that's great? But they're not private equity. They're, um, I mean, that, they're that listed, been, aren't they? But yeah, so that, it's more like an IPO they type They would have issued shares or they would have yeah, done something like yeah. that. So, yeah. um, and, and we should point out too, Matt, at this point that, uh, you know, 10 minutes after Stone and Wood built their brewery and started selling beer, had one of the owners decided, I need out. You know, things. I've got mm-hmm. a job offer overseas. That's yep. the perfect thing. I can't, you know, can't can't give it up. It would have been fairly easy for the other three to buy their share. The, yep. the bigger you get, the more exponentially difficult that becomes. And and so we should point out to anyone who thinks, oh, you know, there were a thousand other ways they could have done it. Yeah, yeah, they could have, but there was no way. The the one thing they couldn't have done was just to to board out, to buy out whoever wanted to sell. Like yeah. the, the, the numbers have just got too big. And, and actually, so I'll park the line thing, but I mean, you, you make a good point. And because like the one question I never bothered to ask, because as a business, they'd always presented themselves as having this sorted. I mean, the, the number one reason for a business with multiple partners to sell is that people want to do different things. Mm-hmm. They, they made that. such a big thing of independence. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they made a big thing when they bought back from Lion about how smart they were that they had a, um, oh, sorry, th- th- this is my editorializing because this is what I read into when they bought back from Little Creatures. You know, there was a much made out so of their commitment 20, to independence. Sold to Little World Beverages. 20% mm-hmm. or something like that, yeah. And yeah, so they funded that. Number, yep. but which they then bought back. Yep. When little creatures sold, exactly, completely, and, and, and all of that. But there had been so much made of independence that if you haven't made plans for what if we all want to go do something different, you know, you and it, they had it, years to decide on that. It was the years. most obvious oh, problem yeah. for them to face. Don't, yeah. Oh, don't you listen to Bruce News? We're yes. always talking <laughs> about exit strategies, succession planning, <laughs> etc. I wrote an article about it last year, guys. Exactly. Come on. If your story can change, you need to be careful what your story is up front. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and, and Bruce News Week, every yeah. Friday. There you go. Come inbox. on, get involved. One thing that I've been seeing a lot is, um, oh, yeah, of course, they would. why would they not get maximum out of it? Why would they not get the maximum out of it? Uh, right, okay. You're you're a conscious business. <laughs> what? Why would you sacrifice then your values for the maximum? That, thank you. So that, that's what I was going to sort of come back to. Yeah, it, like it, it, if you're a conscious business, that's not conscious. That's um, capitalist. Well, that, that's the thing. So on one hand, you know, Line was willing to offer more because it solved a huge, huge problem for Line because Line mm-hmm. is getting hammered by the Asahi craft portfolio. Yeah. You know, so. Yep. This wasn't about the money that they'll generate from stone and wood sales. This mm-hmm. was about propping up their contracts that yep. they're losing for all of their other um, beers as well. Um, so it was much more valuable to Lion than it was to anyone else, including – is, is my hearing. And, and a good good luck to them, you know, to, to their shareholders. So one of their seven wheels of fortune, um, the shareholders. So the shareholders have been very, very well served. Yep. Yes, there's no – But for a conscious business – Yeah, well, so. that's the thing. <laughs> so I think – I think one of the seven spokes in the hub, not the wheels of fortune. <laughs> Does your do your team, your customers, and your drinkers outweigh your shareholders in a conscious business, or uh-huh. do your shareholders? Because here, the shareholders have clearly oh, yeah. been number one. They're the winners. In They're the scenario. winners. So rather than we could have paid for the brewery and done pretty pretty well for ourselves yep. by taking less money. 
but we've gone this for the is biggest offer. Massive amounts of money. Massive and, and amounts well earned. of money. Yeah. They, 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 so no begrudging. No. But again, that opportunity cost of yep. taking the most amount of money yeah, yep. when you're going back on strongly held principles is, I'm sorry, the opportunity cost is you don't get to make us swallow the sandwich that no, says absolutely. you're a conscious business. Yeah, that's it. You, Yes, you've done a lot of good. You've planted a lot of trees. You've mm-hmm. believed in the environment. You've done some good things, but you're not a conscious because mining companies look after their staff. You know, mm-hmm. Lime looks after its yeah. staff. Lime Believes does in all sustainability. These good spends a lot more on sustainability than Stone Wood has ever They've done. They've got great employee programs, all, yeah. which is why they're going to be a great business to own um, Stone and Wood. Absolutely. But don't try and make us. Don't try and spin this narrative that yeah. you know we're a conscious business rather than go back mm-hmm. on. Well, look, we sold because we were offered yeah. so much more money. Yeah. Good exactly. luck to them for taking that money. That's it. They don't care what we say. You know, they, they're going to be off doing other things. I'm sure they'll invest that in doing conscious stuff. Yeah. I just don't think, as, and this is much wider than just the stone and wood thing, I don't think we can exist in a world where everyone just gets the maximum out of everything. Like, that is not how well, you it... you can, but it's how we a shouldn't. conscious lifestyle. Yeah, exactly. And look what it's done to the planet and our souls, effectively. This is what's happened when... Well, in this case... This is what we go for. And, yeah. and just in to, to bring it back to beer, I mean, I don't know that Stonewood's done anything negative to the planet, but they've done a lot of negative mm-hmm. for the idea of independence, in yep. my view. Yeah. You know, because they've basically, you know, the whole narrative around it, well, of course we're going to sell. You know, of course, we're just a business. Oh. We're never about independence. Oh. Um, and then, you know, the chat I had with Phil, oh, man, I'm surprised that they, you know, every business is going to sell. The whole narrative around this has meant that no one is ever going to believe that someone can get to the mm-hmm. s- size of stone and wood. Yeah. And when independence, and uh, you, you can't quantify it, but independence was massive. Independence, craft, all of the things when they mm-hmm. were small, was massive in scaling their growth. Mm-hmm. At what point that stopped becoming important, I don't know. I think it still was. Mm-hmm. But no other brewery is ever going to get to that size with people still investing or clinging to the hope that yep. they can do it and stay independent. And so, you know, in, in that sense, in taking a huge payout, and good luck to them. I'll say that every time I say it because I don't want there to be any... Yep. You know, and none of us would say no to it, let's be honest, but would in, we? Yeah, but in doing that, they've basically stripped mind you know, independence. They haven't cultivated independence. They've mm-hmm. not nurtured independence. Yep. They've basically said, you know... Independence is something that you can use to your advantage until it no longer works for you and then you can move on to something else. And independence demands an emotional investment from consumers. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in, in and my yeah, view. and then we've completely lost that emotional connection now. I yeah. don't think people will feel that anymore. I think that that has now been lost and I don't know if that's retrievable. And that takes nothing away from all of the good that they've done, you know, and, and the incredible people that, you know, look at closing loops um, with, you know, um, stream, you know, environmental streams and, you know, and, and mm-hmm. the, the ingrained foundation and yep. all of those things that they've done. B Corp certification. B Corp certification, B-corp. all mm-hmm. of that. But, you know, BrewDog's got B Corp certification. BrewDog plants trees. Um, yep. You know, <laughs> Stoner would always say, well, um, mm. and yet you're kind of going, well, th- there's a point at which I actually have come to grudgingly respect, have a little bit more respect for the fumbling it. way yeah. that BrewDog has made their mistakes, they've owned them. That's it. I've said it before. BrewDog are a bull in a china shop, but. You're aware of the mess they've made and they tell you that this is the situation and you can see it and 
there's They've transparency there. Yeah, and yeah. There's an acceptance that they effed up. And eventually, they, eventually, sometimes, yeah, sometimes. sometimes it takes a while. And sometimes they're just bullishly like, now nah, we're whatever. But they acknowledge it, I think. They the acknowledge dressing gown has been open. You've seen all of the bump, you know, like <laughs> all, all the of gross that, stuff. All of the gross stuff. <laughs> and it's gold plated too, isn't it? <laughs> well, <laughs> only you, plated, they, not they, solid. They are still standing by the valuation for that can. Oh my god, that's isn't that ridiculous? So <laughs> they don't completely change their narrative, <sighs> but you know, that's yeah. And and to, to me, like that's the thing, you know. And uh, you know, that's where I feel personally cheated because mm-hmm. I bought into the stories. Um, and you know, I I I can I can we tell all, you, we all paid our ticket and we went along for the ride. Yeah. Stonewood had an easier ride than any other brewery. You know, like even on the pasteurising thing, I've been asking them for eighteen months. Um, you know about. So pasteurising, tell us about it. You know, it used to be an important part of your story. Look, you know, go back in the Wayback Machine. Wouldn't talk about it, but I never... We're not ended. we're not, not pasteurising. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Whereas Brewdog would go, yeah, we're pasteurising, and, and what? <laughs> and, and, and you know what? After, you know, 18 months or so of asking, you know, just of questions about pasteurising, when they finally announced it, it wasn't sort of, <laughs> well, well, we'll call up Matt and sort of tell us why we've been pasteurising. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was suddenly... Uh, doing a paper at you know um, on hop creep at mm. uh, Brewcon that was all about hop creep and then suddenly I, I think you know if I remember correctly suddenly at the end it was oh, and so we're pasteurising very you know, um, to because we don't want to change our hopping regime mm. you know we'll make sure that the story goes out the way that we want to control the story mm-hmm. um, and you know even then when they did it it's kind of like well it's Stonewood you know I love those guys yeah. I love what they do. I, I can tell you that no other brewery would have had the ride that they had. No. And to now turn around and sort of say, oh, look, we were never about yeah. – we, we never said we'd never pasteurise. We never <laughs> said we'd ne- – you know, it's kind of like yeah. – oh, it's the guys. I like I like those guys or what they stand for. You yeah, know, yeah. Oh, I'll give them a pass. I'll yeah. give them, and ironically, it wasn't until they started green bottle oh, – yeah, clear glass bottle lagering yeah. at a non-independent brewery. That we were like, mm, that, this ain't uh, right. And incidentally, they – you know, there was a bit of stalling around that story as well, you know, knowing that the sale was going to come. So, yeah. anyway. Um, from a – so, obviously, we've been looking at a lot of what the ACCC has been up to and their role in this uh, takeover. A lot of pit brewers as well that I've spoken to have been like, oh, well, this is great for us, though, because it means that if Stone and Wood aren't the extra tap, then we could be. Is that a realistic viewpoint, everyone? What do you think? Going back to, to what I said, yeah, it mm. fixes the problem for Lion mm. because, you know, whereas uh, you know, instantly it's a big change for them because Asahi or CUB and everyone else have been buying breweries mm-hmm. and Lion had proudly been going, well, we make our own, you know, mm-hmm. so creating your Monday and all of these things. Um, but clearly they were getting beaten in the marketplace, you know, the, the, the tap contracts. Um, you know, you, you can have a big venue company like AVC, you know, have an exclusive range of beers with Pirate Life, for example, and then another big group of hotels gets Green Beacon, another one gets Bolter. So CUB was able to do these deals and then you get the, you know, one or two taps of craft or three taps of craft, and then you get Great Northern, you get all of these other ones yeah, on the, as, as a the contract. standard staples, yeah. Lion had nothing to match. And my, and, and, and also in bottled and packaged, so the, the, the two major retailers who wield incredible amounts of power. In a lot of ways, the Endeavours and the, um, you know, Coles Myers wield more power than the big brewers do because they crack the whip at those guys. Okay. So... Yeah, so 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 that was all there. So that was why Lion had to buy it because they were just getting handed to. Now, 
you know, if there's a bank of 10 taps, Lion's got an 80% contract because you can't have 100%. Lion has their eight taps. Stone and Wood has one. You know, Stone and Wood was always at least the, the, the ninth tap. Now suddenly, do they come under the 80% Lion mm. contract? That's what I would have thought. So, yeah, maybe it does open. So, so suddenly the young Henrys and, you know, I know breweries have been started, already approached by hotel groups. You know, yep. None of this has gone through. The ACCC has got to yep. give permission yet, so it's all speculative. But on one hand, I know breweries have been approached by hotel groups or sort of saying, look, you know, just letting you guys know that this could be an opportunity for you. Mm-hmm. But then I also have spoken to a number of hotel groups who go, no, no, we're, we're still treating them separately than the line contract. So m- whether that's a temporary thing until it actually goes through yeah. and w- we, we still look, all of that is... Technically, uh, they're still independent. Technically, they're still independent. They are until... Although, what happens if the ACCC says no? Then they're back to full independence. Well, they're independent, but you can't put that genie back in the bottle, Pete, because <laughs> yeah, this is it. the company that said <laughs> that they were not. Independent. They were never about independence. <laughs> Are they going to climb the ladder back up to the treehouse and go knock, knock, knock? Do over. So yeah, so and that's thing, does that put pressure on the ACCC? So mm. you know, I, I, I mean, let's be fair. Realistically, they aren't going to say anything about it, but. These are interesting questions, particularly if the ACCC does end up having and obtaining a bit more clout. This could have some serious impacts on future acquisitions mm. by the bigger brewers, by other brewers. Yep. And, 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 and let's say it's, it's going to be brilliant for Stonewood mm-hmm. because, you know, again, who knows what's going to happen with their distribution teams, their sales teams. I know a lot of breweries are looking to get some of the hands on some of the great sales people who maybe mm. want to be with an independent brewery. Yep. So there's an opportunity we're going to see potentially a whole lot of great skills. Brewing skills as well. Brewing skills, yep. Um, yep. you know, potentially. All of those sorts of things we just don't know. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, a lot of brewers are hoping that it's going to free up, you know, that line, yep. the, the spare tap in line. Mm-hmm. We, we, we just don't know. You know. Maybe the businesses will stay separate. We don't know what the deal is done there. So to wrap this up, Claire mentioned before she, she touched on the, the emotion and we've had 10,003 cards and letters, um, lots of comments on the Facebook and personally and all that sort of thing. So we've, we've covered off, I think, and, and hopefully put some context around why people feel the way that they do and, and, yep. that, and that, that is, that is a, mm-hmm. a valid uh, reaction um, and there's, you know, there's no harm in feeling uh, either dudded, elated, or anything in between. But where do we where do we go from now? And that's what a lot of emails have said. You know, it's good luck to them. Yeah. But yeah. Um, and there's there's how, that. How does, but. The land, how does the landscape change, particularly vis-a-vis the whole concept of independence? Can 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 breweries now? And let's talk about whether it's Brick Lane or Bad Shepherd or Dainton's or uh, your mates or some tiny little uh, regional brewery that 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 is. Do we, is there any point still banging on about independence? Is there any value in the... Well, in Brick the Lane doesn't there? already. And, and yeah. incidentally, just to go back to my point, I, I've, I've asked Paul, I've asked a lot of people involved, You know, if you look at the coverage of Brick Lane when they started, it was always, how are you going to keep this thing on the rails with so many shareholders? You know, never a question that we asked on a wood because they made independence such a big part of their four thing. Families. It was yeah, just like, four families. Four families too. Not, not 23, uh, most of them fairly prominent and, 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 you know, personality slash yep. celebrity slash sportsman. Mm-hmm. Yep. Again, the brand story, if you like. Um, and Paul's always been very upfront about this, is that they all went into it knowing this is not a three-year, five-year, ten-year turnaround. This yep. is 
you'll receive a return on your investment slowly but surely. We're going to build and we're going to build something worth having your name to, not something that you, your bank manager is going to go, shoot, beauty, you know, I'll, I'll put a deposit on that yacht. Yeah, and look, I, 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 I mean, again, before this one, because I'd not realised the extent of Lion's problem that they had to solve, which is one of the reasons why I sort of discounted all of the rumours I'd been hearing for three months from people that were clearly in the know given the level of information that I was uh, um, given, mm-hmm. that, you know, there, there, there are no buyers out there. But Lion clearly needed um, somebody to prop them up because it sounds like this deal came together pretty quickly. Um, well, they had also sold South Cape, like the dairy, the... Um, oh, oh Lion yes. Yeah, yep. the milk sort of side of things. Hole in their yeah. Pocket. yeah. Yeah, that's, that's probably true. Because they were trying to focus on the cash. Yeah. I don't know what the future of independence is, again, because I think that, you know, clearly a lot of people don't agree with me um, based on some of the things that have been written that there is a ceiling to how big an independent brewery can get and that that's going to affect breweries growing. Um, there are people who don't agree with that. Um, I don't know how, given the narrative... The one, the one thing sale, we can be sure of, Matt, based on just what, what you were saying there, the one thing we can be sure of is that independence won't, will not matter at nearly as much to a lot of people as it did mm-hmm. before Stone and Wood sold. Yeah. Well... Which is why you shouldn't underestimate the impact of this acquisition. People have said, oh, does it really matter? Yeah, it does. It does it to does a lot to of people. Yeah, it, will for, yeah. it will for the other, the, the other breweries who long to be or, or aspire to be mm-hmm. as big as Stone and Wood and think that they can get a, get to that stage using using independence as as their chief weapon surprise and fear and independence the, the conversation has already started you know like I was listening to uh, um, Hendo and uh, Dan Norris uh, have a have a podcast the boss and the Brewer um, that they were talking about it you know the conversations have already started about who's next yep and you know so that they went around. Yeah, the conversation's of, never finished about who's next. Well, no, <laughs> it's just that the name was Stone and Wood after Bolter. Yeah, and after Green. That's Beaker. the thing. So, so it was always yeah. Young Henrys. It was always yeah. Stone and Wood. Always, but now that yep. Stone and Wood's gone, and and you know, again, there, there was always that. Oh no, Stone and Wood won't sell. Won't sell. Look at all the things they've said they won't sell. Yeah, yeah. Pressure's on you. Um, and so suddenly. Now, you know, you've gone down a tier and the convert, you know, oh, Ben spoke, you know, or, or, or no, Rich, you know, he, he won't sell. Who, who can say anyone won't sell anymore? Because yeah. we all said that about Stone and Wood. Exactly. And if everyone's on the list, if there's no, nothing sacred and no, everyone's up for a sale at yeah, some point, yeah. then why should we care? I invested in Stone and Wood's mm. growth because they were independent. You know, yeah. I wanted them to succeed mm-hmm. because they were independent. You know, and I, I'm, I'm only speaking, an anecdote of one, but you know, mm-hmm. somebody who did beer tastings, I always used Stone and Wood Pacific Ale because it was such a good beer, and you could mm-hmm. talk about independence and you could champion it. Now, maybe people don't feel the same way that I do, but mm-hmm. you know, it, it's just one of those things that I invested in the brand because I wanted to see somebody succeed. I wanted there to be another Coopers mm-hmm. and things but like just that. Different. And <laughs> that everyone's saying, well, there's never going to be another Coopers. So I, I think that's going to be a legacy um, yeah. for it. And it's sad because Coopers has proven that you could do it and they could have taken that as an example, but nobody wants to and nobody did because it is hard. It's hard to scale up. It's hard to stay there. It's hard a to stay there. closing as, doors. Yep, exactly. How do, and how do you do it when you've got any business with four partners? Pete, I, I think that's going to be a lasting taint um, on any business that grows. Um, one of the things I would like to you know, sort of say, and again, because I've, because there's been so much to, to unpack, you know, I've looked at some of the negatives. They have negotiated um, a, a brewery um, in the Northern Rivers, so they've stayed true to that, and that's going to be, you know, 
again, a lot of people are sort of saying that was the reason that there was no one else interested in buying mm-hmm. the brewery because because they were committed they to want... a million dollar. Yeah, yeah, and they didn't so they want, want to locate a brewery there. Yeah, certainly so. negotiated that, which which was a bit of a you know an anchor on any sale. Um, they gave money, you know, they they in grand foundation, all of those sorts of things, you know, fantastic. But again, not undifferent from the foundations that any business that wants to look good has. In, that in itself is a marketing exercise mm. to make them look good. Mm. So, but yeah, there we go. But and, we'll and see. Look, we'll see how it goes. Look, it's it's a story of genius. Um, you know, a story of genius in so many ways. It, it, it was a beer that changed the landscape, completely changed the drinking habits of Australians, made a lot of craft breweries possible. Um, can't forget any of that. It's, it's written another chapter in the you know in the the history of Australian beer. Yep. Uh, and, and a chapter worthy of its of its own chapter, a story worthy of its own <laughs> Absolutely. chapter. Absolutely. And look, I, I guess the cap for me was I, I would have felt a lot better um, about it in the end if the story had been, you know what, we never thought we would be offered that much money. Because then we'd then we'd be saying all the things we're saying now. Then we'd Absolutely say all the fair things play to say, well, look, you know. But without the sting, yeah, without yeah. the because it's not us yeah. that has to swallow the you know has to have the come down. Yeah. So which is just me because I certainly don't. You know, good luck to them. Yeah, and and I I can't wait to see how many new people that the line, assuming it goes through, the line owns Stone and Wood, mm-hmm. um, you know, brings to 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 beer because yeah. it's line has shown itself to be. They're a great employer. They're a great um, business. Contracts aside, you know, again that that's the ironic thing, given how uh, you know Stone and Wood when Jamie was the head of the IBA. Um, contracts suddenly became the IBA's focus. Mm-hmm. Um, suddenly, the sale of the business has propped up lines contracts, which again, coming back to a conscious business, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. they've suddenly become the sharpest tool um, in the thing. Absolutely, yeah. <sighs> I didn't even think about it like yeah. that. That's a good one. But you know, uh, but uh, so mixed feelings. But you know, nothing short of admiration for for the founders. Absolute respect for the team that, you know, one of the things I really admired about Stone and Wood was the way that the three founders brought in people who took it to the next level, you know, Keelan uh, Vaughan as a brewer, um, you know, and all of the people that we deal with in, in, in the venues and things like that, that, you know. Oh, was, even even hiring, you know, the uh, accomplished concreter um, turned brewer, you know, Scotty Hargrave. Scotty Hargrave, yeah. Team. And nurturing the the talent there, Brian Kisfonsoli uh, was brewing at uh, the Old Baronia place, the original uh, brewery, very very early on. He's I think he's at, still at Bolton now. Uh, he's not. He's um, at Spangled Drongo, which is also in the Northern Rivers that are just starting up. But, but again, it's similar to Little Creatures. It has been uh, because they've as the genius of of the guys is the team behind Stone and Wood is getting the right people in the right positions to yep. do the things that you yep. can't or don't have time to do. And they've done that really well. And as a result, have nurtured a lot of, of not just brewing talent, but clever, like, you know, yep. proper In all brewing areas, talent. yeah. These things can operate as realities and not yep. be mutually exclusive. On that note... I think we've. I think so. I think we've done it. I hope, from the listener's point of view, that we've we've covered off enough and answered enough questions, uh, but at the same time, uh, raised a few more questions and and perhaps some areas for for people to to, to think about. Uh, look, if nothing else, we've made it 
more palatable for you know um, our independent drinkers to go and have a bolter now or. I'll be honest with you, like that Unintended was the thing. Consequences. I used to feel guilty. Like I love Scotty. Yeah. You know, I love Scotty. I love Stirls. I love the beer. I still buy their beer um, and those sorts of things. But again, like when I did corporate functions. I would go and it, you know, and because I'd yeah. feel guilt um, because I need to be supporting my. Well, because again, your brand story, Matt, is is built on, you know. Well, is it? But is it, Pete? I don't know that my brand story is built on independence because I've never said, you know, I've always said, you know, in the very. Uh, no, podcast, but anyone who knows, all you things knows being that equal, only... yeah. Um, I still yeah. buy little creatures because, again, to me, it's just as good a beer. All of oh, these things. Changed. Oh, they've changed. They've dumped it down. <laughs> well, maybe my story's changing, Pete. I don't know. <laughs> I, I We've got to keep on top of that. <laughs> Funnily enough, I will – again, actually, my story has changed because at the very beginning, at the very first meeting of the group that became the CBIA um, or Beer Unlimited or Beer Limited as it was for a while, mm. I was the guy that was saying it needs to be the independent guys. Um, and there were others Never. that were the well, ones yeah. who were saying, no, we need the big guys in and then – yeah, Interesting. Yeah. So yeah. So look, I, but again, how I, things I've, change? Yes, I, I'm, I'm, I'm jaded and ruined, and it's. <laughs> and look, I need to fess up if if there is that little bit of you know you know there is that little bit of me that thinks well look you know feels a little bit used you know because as, as a beer publication as you know people with a pulpit to talk from, we were briefed, we were told, we were told the story, and we helped to magnify that. Mm-hmm. And again, I feel like. There were some questions that I should have asked that I didn't, but you know, so I think need to support the guys. Yeah, is that on us? I don't know. Mm. I don't know. On that note, drink fresh, drink independent, drink, drink <laughs> no, whatever just, you well just like. drink yeah, good, whatever drink, you want. Drink good beer for drink all good. of the reasons yeah. you like it. That's right. Drink for the occasion. But scratch, maybe scratch that label a little bit more than you once did. Yeah. Have a <laughs> what's, little look. What's behind that what's label? Behind, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what's behind it? And on that note, uh, thanks very much for joining us on this very special episode of uh, Below the Was Fold. it special? I don't know. <laughs> it, part, it, 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 it hurts to get all of this out, Pete, I have to say. Look, it, it's still, yeah. it does bring it's off. cathartic, I, I, isn't hopefully it? Hopefully it doesn't come out like too emotional. But I, want it does. You to write, I, I want you to write down your emotions on a piece of paper and then set fire to it. <laughs> this was our version of that. <laughs> <laughs> drink fresh, drink local. Look after yourselves and each other. And wash your damn hands. And get double vaxxed. And we're out. <laughs>